0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The week ahead with CNBC on Money FM 89.3. That time of the week where we uh, take a look at what's worth paying attention to and helping us out. As always, our friends from CNBC this morning, Tanvir Gill. Tanvir, it's been a while. How are you? It's been a while. I'm great. Uh, Good to be on the show. Good morning to all three of you. Yeah, good speaking with you. And I suppose uh, let's start off with uh, the fact that we've got a Fed testimony that's going to happen before Congress this week for sure. (laughs) Evergrande Mm -hmm. is going to be in focus. I mean, what are we expecting here? I think the thing with Evergrande right now is the fact that it raises a larger issue about the outlook of the property market world over. So no surprises there that, you know, as Fed Chair Jerome Powell testifies before Congress later this week, he is expected to be asked about Evergrande and uh, the knock-on effect, the follow on effects, really, uh, that it can have on on the global economy. Investors are also watching the Congress testimony and the Congress session uh, in the week ahead as lawmakers essentially attempt to pass a funding plan in time uh, to avert a government shutdown on October 1st. So there's going to be a lot of drama around around that issue. But finally, it is expected uh, that they would figure out raising the debt ceiling and continuing uh, to function and support the economy largely. So strategists are penciling in no major risk, but they're just keeping it as uh, something to watch out for in the coming week as a bit of an overhang really for the market. The Fed speakers, of course, are not expected to provide any new information because they've already laid out uh, their uh, policy statement, uh, mm. already shared uh, their policy guidance. Uh, but what is expected is uh, the the indication they give on the timeline for tapering because they've said it's going to mm. happen soon. So that $120 billion of bond purchases, how are they going to phase it out? The pace of tapering as well as when it starts is going to be important. And also, you have to remember that the Fed, uh, in its newly released forecast on interest rates, uh, essentially revealed that nine out of 18 Fed officials expect rate increases or perhaps uh, the first interest rate hike next year itself. So th- that's something that I think the market would be closely eyeing. Well, there's more drama surrounding China, this time in the realm of cryptocurrencies. China banning Bitcoin made the headlines late last week, and it's got people scrambling. Uh, To what extent would you say it has indeed taken the market by surprise? Because I've also heard people say uh, they sort of thought China was inching towards this Uh, move. Well, I'm so glad, Bharati, you brought that up, because, you know, if you look at the price action, and I'll start off there, uh, Bitcoin fell about 6%, Ether fell double digits. Uh, And so one way of looking at it is, oh, yeah, it's... you know, it was a plummet. But the other way of looking at it is the reaction was only 6%, uh, given that the second largest economy in the world uh, banned uh, transactions around cryptocurrencies. So that just gives you a sense that maybe there's some sort of formalization happening in the market as real economy adoption happens, especially in emerging markets for cryptocurrencies. And also, you know, a lot of investment banks get into this market in terms of offering Bitcoin futures and uh, sophisticated products around cryptocurrencies. Uh, It seems like, you know, some bit of the speculation Is being sucked out now. I know that Bitcoin has fallen a lot from its April highs, but even so, uh, it seems like it's biding its time in this narrow band right now and has found its uh, its base, its range. Uh, For the foreseeable future. In fact, you know, Ron Insana had put out a very good piece on CNBC.com, which you should check out. He essentially highlighted that what the PBOC has done perhaps might lead to other countries also stepping up efforts in containing cryptocurrency activities. And his logic is that you know countries do not and will not let their institutions or their currencies fall by the wayside because an independent group of currency creators decides it must do so or it must be so. So, uh, So, so that's something that you know will play out on the one hand. I think you are looking at these parallel stories where governments are stepping up efforts to contain uh, speculation and, you know, the growing adoption of, of cryptocurrencies. But on the other hand, it's happening. It's happening in the real world and it's happening in fits and starts. And uh, many believe uh, that, you know, a, a few years down the line, this, uh, this, this ecosystem will have uh, a, a role to play in the broader financial setup in the world. Hey Tanvia, normally September is historically a poor month for markets, and one reason is that it dries up in terms of earnings news. Now, looking ahead to October, will we get more market kettles? Yeah, October is traditionally seen as a very volatile month, and I'm just looking at numbers. So it's not just a volatile month; it's a very volatile month historically. In fact, the volatility in October is 36% higher than the average of mm. the other 11 months of the year. So you know you're expecting volatility, and the markets are ripe for a pullback. Uh, we've seen already how the Evergrande uh, concern and issue, uh, you know, caused jitters in the markets uh, last week, right, up, down, up, down, and then finally uh, there was some sort of semblance of order that came back in. Uh, So it is a seismic month in that sense, and uh, you can expect either – you know, the issue around tapering or the issue around Evergrande, the market could latch on to any issue uh, to really see some bit of uh, uh, sell-off and then come back. So expect it to be a volatile month. Some analysts are saying, in fact, uh, that what the Fed has achieved thus far is a taper without a tantrum, so that may not be a market-moving event, but you never know how the markets take. Also, remember, you're getting into the the thick of earnings season, and with all those worries around the Delta variant, how that may impede growth, how that may slow down growth in the U.S., all of that may filter into the Earnings commentary, and if it does, uh, then that'll be uh, you know a, something of a risk that the markets uh, need to contend with. And uh, of course, everybody's also watching out for what's happening with the ten-year benchmark uh, treasury yield. Right at 1.45, it indicates that things are inching up. Uh, the yield curve is steeping once again, and that's obviously not good news for technology stocks that have really been uh, the bellwether and really uh, been the leaders of this rally. So, technology growth stocks. If the yield curve continues to go higher. Uh, and steepened, then that would not be good news for the top-performing segment of the market that can also, of course, put some pressure. Oh, we're really going to be working for our salary, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we have to, always. Good times, bad. Yeah. Bad times, even more. <laughs> We've been speaking with CNBC's Stanvia Gill. As always, we appreciate your time. You take care and stay safe, yeah? yeah? Likewise, likewise. Take care, all of you. Before acting on the information on Money FM.